It is Locked On Jazz for the 6th of January. The Jazz win their 10th straight road game, the third longest streak in franchise history. We see different scoring in a different manner from Boyan Bogdanovich. Small ball returns, maybe forced to return, and Udoka Azabuke contributes. It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked On Jazz. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it way better to be a Jazz fan each and every day. Thank you very much for making Locked On Jazz your first listen of every single day. We are free and available for you on all platforms. Big crowd early this morning. Jazz fans fired up. Hello from Keith in Calgary. Jace, Curtis, Shane, Jay, Ian, Blake. Jamie, Michael, Bryce, Paul, Tyler, Andrew, Bruh, Blake, uh, uh, Matt, and Jane. Uh, Bryce did no van this morning. Now, that was the plan, and then I had a few meetings scheduled. Yes, the plan today was to come from the Alpha parking lot, take advantage of the powder, um, but I got a few meetings got scheduled, so no skiing for David today. Um, yeah, so you guys will have to tell me. Uh, about it. Ryan, appreciate you heading up the bus in Big Cottonwood Canyon being good for the environment. Um, let me know how it is, and hopefully you're seeing solitude. Um, so let me know how that is. All right, way to break my heart. Right, way, way to zap my soul right out of the show by letting me know that many of you are out skiing already. Um, last night was a, a really good win. Um, to be without, you know, there without Jamal Murray and without Michael Porter Jr. and without P.J. Dozier, and they've actually had to live that way all year. Uh, and so the fact that Denver is 500 is an incredible tribute to the total genius of Nikola Jokic, which is immense. And um, the Jazz from there, really, I thought, so understanding that, without Rudy and without Whiteside, we just had to play a completely different way than we've ever played before, both on the offense and the defensive side. So to get that win on the road, really an impressive, good win by the Jets. It's just another reminder that as much as we nitpick this team to death, they're one of the five, six teams that has a chance to win the title. That's what that win was last night. That That's a team that has enough depth and enough array of talent, enough different ways to do things that they can win a title. Now, you know, earlier this week, someone like criticized me for a very daunting show. Sure. Right. Absolutely. Um, that our defense against the best teams has been really bad. Okay, well, that's going to, you know, we're talking about trying to achieve the most grandiose goal of all that 29 teams don't do every year, that most teams do because they have one of the four greatest players in the league. And the Jazz are trying to find out how to win it with depth and collectiveness and versatility in a bunch of different ways. And it's really hard. But last night was an important win in the way in which they won that game and the way that they approached it and the way that they got it done. Um, the first thing to me that jumps out the most is we've talked a lot about how much sacrifice 
each of our players actually has to have on a given night. And usually I just talk about we're simply shot attempts. But it's actually because of how good we are and how many guys we have and the what we can do well, the array of skills that we actually don't get to see. So Boyan Bogdanovich, who is predominantly a catch-and-shoot, three-point shooter, gets 25% of his possessions in transition, last night becomes our go-to scorer, playing in the mid-range, playing in the post-up, going to the free-throw line 11 times. This guy averages, on a given night, 3.7 free-throw attempts a night. Last night, he's, he's the man. He's aggressive. He goes to the line 13 times. I'm not sure he could do that every single night. Um, but he certainly is part of it. This is a guy whose regular night for us is taking 50% of his shots as threes. And last night, Boyan Bogdanovich takes only six of 20 shots as threes. He scores 36 points while making one three-point shot. He can do that. But for us, with Donovan, with Mike, with Rudy, Boyan Bogdanovich's job is to run out ahead Get there for early transition. As I said, 25% of his possessions are in transition. Be a spot-up player. Be a corner three-shooter. Be a high-lifted right-side shooter. That's what we ask him to do. And in turn, every night what we ask Boyan Bogdanovich to do is to give up a great deal of his talent to be able to be the player we need him to be. Right? So he, he gets about... 25% of his stuff on spot-ups, about 25% of his stuff on ball handling, um, and he and gets it, you know, um, if, if you look at, let me check that. I don't think that's right. Uh, that wasn't right. That was the Jazz as a whole. That, right? So, you know, we're not giving him the ball, and, and he's not a great, frankly, pick-and-roll player, but last night he actually played with the ball in his hands, and we were forced to do this, and I'll explain why in a second. But if you look at Boyan, he's getting 30% of his stuff in Spot up, 25% is stuff in transition, 11% off screen, 5% in pick and roll ball handler, 5% in isolation. Last night, 7% in post up. Last night, we just let him go to work. And so that is a really, like, that's to me was, was a, a sign of here it is. Here's a gap that got opened. And I'll explain what, what really happened and why that gap was so open. And here's Boyan suddenly going from this narrow-focused player to this, taking the V and turning it upside down or turning, you know, and, and suddenly having this array of skills that he showed last night. And, and that's what he can do on a nightly basis. If he's on a not-very-good team, he's scoring 24 game points a night, score, you know, and is thought of as this, like, bona fide scorer in the league. And so instead... What Boyan Bogdanovich does for us every night is he becomes a dead-eye shooter, but suddenly when we need that. And what we discovered last night was super important. Because while Denver's defense was not very good, and it was kind of a mess, actually. And um, there's some, you know, I think we had one other, there was one other piece of that game missing last night I think was, was important. I'll get to it in just a second. Um, but the fact of the matter was we, against a switching defense, Boyan punished them. Now they're small, Monty Morris, Composo, some other guys. But Boyan really, really punished their switching defense last night, which is important to us because that's one of the things that we're going to see a great deal of is that kind of switching, and we didn't have a problem with it last night at all. And I think that's, 
you know, that's something to be aware of that, you know, we talk so much about Rudy's got to punish him. And often if Rudy's in the game, Rudy does have to punish him. But on the other end of it last night is Boyan found a way to get the matchups he needed to get for the Jazz last night. In the game last night, Boyan, he shoots six of 11 on Aaron Gordon. He just beat him up, went over three. Then switched on to Jokic, he went three for five. Morrissey went two for three. Davian Reedy went two, one for two. Rajon Tucker, he scored on, and Will Barton. So an array of different players took advantage of all of them and dropped 36. Rudy Gay is the other one last night. Rudy Gay has 18.7 rebounds in 29 minutes. Yesterday on the program, what did we talk about? We talked about a Rudy Gay. Really, you know, why is he why is he not playing well? And one of the things I said is he's got to figure out what his involvement is and how he's going to be a part of this. Because if you look at Rudy Gay, he's 35 years old, and he's playing. Going into last night, he was playing under 20 minutes for the first time in his entire career. I think he was at 18. He's now up to 20. His shots per game is seven a game. The lowest it's been. It's down from 10 last year. Rudy Gay last year in San Antonio took 10 shots a game. This year he's taking seven. So he's he's reduced his shot attempts by 30%. He's reduced his minutes played by 15%. Like he doesn't feel like he's a part of it. This is a guy who was a 20-point-a-game scorer who's averaging the fewest points per 36 minutes he's ever averaged in his life. He's taking two or three shots less per 36 minutes than he's ever taken his entire life. He's, you know, he's just far less involved on this team than he's been. And he's trying to figure out, well, last night tonight, where suddenly he came into the arena and needed to be more involved. And he was really good. I go back to a Jeff Hornacek story. Hornacek talked about the late stage of his career where he used to drive to the arena every night when in his prime. Be like, all right, I got to be good tonight. I got to be good tonight. If I'm not good tonight, we're going to lose. And then late in his career, he'd be like, I just drove to the arena. Because I knew I actually didn't income the out. I didn't really, really impact the outcome of the game. Um, and so, you know, I think that that's a, a good example of where I think how Rudy Gay's been feeling is that he drives to the arena, and I'm not sure he's entirely sure that he's impacting the outcome of the game. Last night, he went to the arena and the bus to go to the ball arena from the hotel in Denver, and he knew that if he wasn't good, he didn't have a ch- that we didn't have a chance last night. And so we saw an engagement level out of Rudy Gay that was very different. We'll, we'll talk more about it. I think the small lineup was important. One other factor that I thought really had a massive impact on last night's game, um, we'll, we'll touch on as well. I want to introduce you to a new sponsor. This is a really interesting one for me because they actually were intimately involved in lockdown. They were one of our investors. It's Summit Capital. It's a local investment group out of Utah County. Uh, made up of successful business operators, and they invested in Lockdown. They're looking for some really interesting opportunities. Owners, they're seeking to sell their businesses. Entrepreneurs seeking capital to help grow their business. Very traditional. Here's an interesting one they're really looking for. You work for a company or know of a company where the owner is beginning to get to the phase-out stage, but no, and the, there's a great employee or someone in that company who wants to buy the company, but they don't have the money. They're here to provide you the capital for that. It's Summit Capital. They're entrepreneurs themselves. I know David personally um, with his family. He's done a lot of stuff with golf with them. Matt uh, got to know very well, obviously, as investors in lockdown. And they approach investing in that mind of an entrepreneur. They were great for us. They never caused one issue. Unlike private equity or venture capital funds who have artificial time horizons or pushing us, uh, there was none of that. They invest in all types of structures, including both debt and equity. So interesting opportunities uh, with Summit Capital 
owners seeking to help sell businesses, entrepreneurs seeking capital, and then the interesting one, you work for a company, you may be managing it, the owner's getting old, you wish you had the capital to be able to make the next step. Here's where Summit Capital can really help you. You can contact Matt via voice or text at 801-796-2033. Go ahead and text him. Your information, if you want to email instead, it's lockedonjazz at summitcaputah.com. That's lockedonjazz at summitcaputah.com. You can also go to the website, summitcap.com. 801-796-2033. If you have any more questions on that, feel free to email me at dlock09 at gmail.com. Today's show is also brought to you by Shopify. Shopify is here for you. Uh, the all-in-one commerce platform to grow, to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big businesses. So upstairs, upstarts, not upstairs, upstarts, startups, established businesses alike can sell everywhere, synchronize online, in-person sales, effortlessly stay informed. Scaling your business is a journey of endless possibility. This podcast has been kind of started as a startup. We've seen what it does. This is your opportunity to say how Shopify used their tools, resources, and make it easy for any business to succeed from down the street to around the globe. Shopify powers millions of businesses, first sale to full scale. So go now to shopify.com slash MBA, all lowercase for the first free 14-day trial to get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with shopify.com. Go to shopify.com slash MBA. Thanks for making Locked On Jazz your first listen of the day. Locked On Now is your second listen of the day. Great recap of last night's complete NBA action. I'm excited. Danielle Bruce hosted it. You can get it at YouTube on Locked On NBA, or you can listen to it on the Locked On Now podcast. I'm excited to catch up. I actually been like following the whole NFL season through our Locked On Now. Kind of cool. And the NHL season a little bit. It's been super fun. Um, so one thing I thought was huge last night, and I'm not trying to discredit our win, but let's just be – like, no Mike Malone to me was a massive part of last night's game. I really believe that Mike Malone is the soul of the Denver Nuggets. Maybe too much, though, frankly. Like, maybe that's a problem for them. Sometimes I think Quinn Snyder's too much the soul of our team. I think you're better off having Jimmy Butler be the soul of your team a little bit. Or I'm not trying to discredit Mike Budenholzer at all, but I think Giannis is, you know, his energy and effort is the soul of that team. Um, and I think, you know, LeBron is clearly the soul of the Lakers. Like, you're looking across the locker room. You're not going to let him down. And I think Mike Malone is that person for the Nuggets. He, has, he really has to have more kind of pump them up, outlandish eruption kind of things that from the outside seem bizarre, but it's clearly how that team works. And I think they've been a bit lifeless on both their last two performances without Mike Malone. Uh, the other one I want to tip my hat to uh, Adam Modest and Matt Moore of Locked On Nuggets. Because honestly, I listened to their show yesterday, listened to three episodes. I used a ton of it in the broadcast last night. It's just great work. So I want to tip the hat. One thing that's super interesting about the Nuggets is that they're one of the best first half teams in the league and they're one of the worst second half teams. In fact, they're the worst fourth quarter team, one of the worst second half, the worst second half team in the entire league. And um, and I think that when you look at that, what and and I this is Adam, this was Adam's thought is that because of the injuries to Jamal Murray and the injury to Michael Porter Jr., that they have so few ways to attack you that as the game goes on, teams figure it out. And the, the guard line of Morris is a nice shooter and he causes problems last night. We defended him terribly. And Composito and some of these other guys just don't have that many ways to be able to go get you. 
Um, and I think that that what happens to Denver as the night goes on is they just don't have enough different ways to attack you. You look at the Jazz, last night's the exact opposite of that. So here's what happened last night that allowed Rudy Gay and Boyan Bogdanovich to have the night. We run 90 picks a night. Why? Because Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, the number one pick and roll combination in the NBA, and Mike Conley and, and Rudy Gobert are like the number three pick and roll combination in the league. Donovan's the number two pick and roll guard in the entire league. And Mike Conley's the number five pick and roll guard in the entire league. So we run pick and roll, pick and roll, pick and roll, pick and roll, and more pick and roll every single night. That's what we do. Last night, without a center, we probably had two plays all night that stemmed anything off of like true pick and roll. I'm sure the numbers will look a little differently. There were a few flare outs and Rudy Gay pop, but Adoka got a dunk and there was one other play where they ran something off a of pick and roll. I think they went under Mike and he hit a three. Otherwise, we could not play our regular game last night. And so Donovan and Mike, who live off that pick and roll, and that's how they take their advantage. And I know Donovan loves to play in space and do a bunch of things. That, frankly, he's, he's the second best pick and roll guard in the league for a reason right now. He's great at it. We didn't have that last night. That wasn't an option. And so we had to find a new way to score last night, a new way to go about things. And the hugely important part of that is what was is wrong with our small lineup with Rudy Gay at center recently is how bad it was offensively. It was just awful. Number, I think it was in the either one, two, or third percentile. And that's not like one, two, or three in your class. That's like 97 or 99% of the people doing it are better than you. Um, and so those teams, when you look at those kind of map, you look at what we were doing, we couldn't score offensively with that lineup. Part of the reason is, and Andy Larson does a nice job of putting a bunch of clips up on YouTube. When you're playing five out, there's no space. It's great to say there's space at the rim. And that's what Donovan likes so much about five out is that he can go do his wiggle and things and get, but he actually can't because when there's five out, every time Donovan goes to work, someone comes in off somebody because there's just not enough room around the post, around the perimeter. Whereas if you're playing pick and roll at the top, Two guys are in the corner. You're coming pick and roll. One guy's lifted. There's a whole open area. And then you roll to the basket and you take the guy with you. You actually have more space. And so Don, Rudy, last night with the Jazz, began to figure out how to play in that space. And that's where Royce O'Neal hit that beautiful baseline cut. And Royce O'Neal had a nice little cut in the middle of the lane where then he distributed out of the middle of the floor. The, and Ron Boone was harping on this the entire broadcast. You've got to have cutters. You've got to have some sort of force going toward the rim, even if you're playing five out. And the Jazz began to figure that out as the night went on. And that's where the offense got better and better and better last night, playing this different style. And then, frankly, Boyan does get, once Boyan goes into the post, now you have four shooters and you're back to kind of the same thing and you actually have some space to play in that realm. Um, and so what happened last night is we really didn't have a regular way to score and play, which is our, you know, trailing pick and roll, high pick and roll, Rudy coming to the baseline, coming up to set the pick. And part of the reason why Donovan and Mike did not have particularly great nights last night. Um, but it's why, and, and you can see it kind of in how the night went. If we go quarter by quarter, our first quarter, we had a 116 offensive rating, a 109 defensive rating. Pretty good, like all pretty good. Um, and frankly, we had no idea how to play with a doka on the floor. Um, on the excuse me, that's for the night 116 and a 109. And we had no idea how to play with Doka on the floor. He didn't, he and Donovan had no chemistry. Our offensive rating with Doka on the floor was a 77. Um, but our defensive rating was 100. So give him credit. He kind of did what he was supposed to do. 
Um, and we'll touch on that in a minute. But so if you go quarter by quarter, we had a 104 offensive rating in the first quarter and a 108 defense. And again, that's largely because we had a 63.6 with Doak. Um, in the second quarter, the Jazz coaching staff pivoted away from what they were going to do. They went to a 124 offensive rating. You began to see us figure it out. And in Rudy Gay's seven minutes and 33 seconds at center, we had a 138 offensive rating in that. And our defense was great, a 64.7. It was super. In the third quarter, similar story. The offense with Doak was not great. Um, Rudy Gay, when he was on the floor, we had a 133 offensive rating. Then Eric Paschal came in for three minutes and 25 seconds because of foul trouble. And we also had a 133, and we had a 129 for the quarter. So boom, boom, another step forward, figuring it out as the night goes on. Denver's not a very good second-half team. Um, and then in the fourth quarter, Doak plays a minute 40. We don't score. Rudy Gay plays 10 minutes and 20 seconds, some of it with Eric Paschal. And when Eric Paschal was on the floor, it really didn't work. So when he was just on the floor by himself, it was about a 140 um, as we scored kind of at will in that stretch. So really a strong kind of progressive night of figuring out how we were going to score differently than what we did in the past. And that's, that's where that's a big win. That's where this is a big win. And it's also the same thing that we're talking about about the first takeaway I had for today for you, which is this team has to sacrifice so much. Rudy Gay is sacrificing seven to eight, nine minutes, three to four, five shots every night. Um, the Boyan Bogdanovich is just a spot-up shooter for us when he's got so many more array of skills to do. Donovan Mitchell is, you know, frankly, is probably the one who gets to do what he does because he's earned it. Um, so what you're seeing on a nightly basis is these guys having to take this huge collection of their game and just reduce it down to one or two ingredients rather than the whole stew. And so that's what the jazz, you know, have to do. And last night, a bunch of guys got to play with their whole recipe of, of ingredients and show what a fabulous, fabulous mix they are. It was, it, it was cool to see. All right. Doka, um, Daniel house signing. Interesting. We'll touch on that. Um, and we'll get, uh, well, might fly through some of your thoughts, but the idiocy in our chat room of trolls is high right now, and I'm going to try not to react. Calm. David, do your meditation before reading the comments. I'm smiling if you're listening on YouTube uh, on that. And we'll talk about Toronto for a quick second uh, as well. Today's show is brought to you by our good friends at betonline.ag. I, I do not um, bet, but I, I love the extra element of it. Um, I'm not allowed to, frankly. I also don't. I can tell you the story of why I don't some other time. Nothing too horrific. It's a game I picked perfectly and lost and was like, okay, I'm done. Um, and it was like 30 years ago and I can't get over it. Um, but anyway, um, last night, the over-under literally was stemming on the final shot of the night. Um, the, uh, the Literally, the over-under last night went down to the final shot of the entire night which made it a lot more fun, which is what makes all of this sports gaming so much more fun as you get involved in it. BetOnline.ag, 25 years plus of trusted online gambling, and that's where we uh, suggest you do your work and have some fun with the promo code locked on. You get a 50% welcome bonus. Kansas City Chiefs are a 10.5-point favorite over the Broncos on the 8th on Saturday, and Dallas is a 7.5-point favorite over the Eagles. Uh, little NBA futures. Let's see what our latest on championship. Brooklyn at plus 275. Warriors at plus 325. Bucks are finally up to plus 750 like they should be. Phoenix at plus 850. And we've split to plus 1100 
that makes us a hard like it's almost like they've got it down to four um championship futures brooklyn's plus 140 milwaukee's at plus 350 and miami's at plus 550 golden state's at plus 165 phoenix is plus 375 we're at 550 the lakers are plus 600 they're keeping us it's really interesting they are not doubting the Lakers based on their regular season at all. And they're completely not giving us any credit for our regular season at all, which is um, kind of an interesting uh, way to look at it. Um, by the way, coach of the year, J.B. Bickerstaff, Steve Kerr, Billy Donovan are the top three candidates. Defensive player of the year, Draymond Green, minus 200. Rudy Gobert, plus 275, and nobody else in it. That's probably right. Most improved player, Ja Morant, Miles Bridges, Running away with it. Rookie of the year, Evan Mobley, Scotty Barnes. Sixth man of the year, Tyler Hero and Kelly Oubre are the lead candidates. Jalen Brunson's moving up that, but now he's going to start. Uh, that is all at betonline.ag. Promo code locked on gets you a 50% welcome bonus. Uh, all right, few things. Uh, Doke last night, um, you know, it was just incredibly difficult task. Uh, hasn't played. Hasn't practiced. No ramp up to know it was coming. Um, and the fact it was that he got thrown out there against the starting center, who's the MVP of the league. And we don't win the game last night if Doke doesn't give us 16 minutes. Like, if Doke can't give us 16 minutes last night, the Jazz probably don't win. Eric Pascal's just had the birth of his kid. He's flown in. He doesn't have a lot of time. Rudy Gay plays 29 last night. I'm not sure he has more than that. Doke's 16 minutes were necessary for us to win last night. The Jazz coaching staff did a nice job of putting it out in the middle, letting him body up against Jokic and, and wearing Jokic down a little bit with his strength and size. Um, you know, and and Doke was okay. Like, I, I didn't have any expectations for him, so I'm not going to judge him um, a great deal on that. Um, I had one, what else was that? There was one other thing I was going to um, – say in that but i'm not sure um hmm uh one thing everyone's talking about in the chat room i think is quinn substitutions which is really interesting to me so the claim is that quinn's too rigid I, I don't think people understand that if you blow if you alter your substitution pattern during a game trying to get it back is almost impossible the second thing is that most players will tell you that they want to know exactly what their roles are. And our guys know exactly when they're playing every night. And then if you want to get into it, like our starting lineup has played the most minutes of anyone in the league and it's plus 16. When you start to try to like play around with this and look at our lineups that are best are almost all of our bench lineups, which would lead me to argue that our substitution patterns are pretty good, right? Like we've built lineups that we're trying to get to throughout the night to have success. So our starters are plus 16. Our Mike Conley, Jordan Clarkson, Joe Ingles, Rudy Gay, Rudy Gobert lineup, which bridges the first to second quarter, which is really our secondary second lineup, and bridges the third to fourth, is plus 18. Our Mike Conley, Jordan Clarkson, Joe Ingles, kind of whomever, Rudy Gobert lineup is plus 17. Donovan Mitchell, Royce O'Neal, Boyan Bogdanovich, Joe Ingles, Rudy Gobert. So that's your first substitution if when Rudy stays in, is plus 13. Like, the, the, you know, our rotations all work. You know, the only one lineup that's not great, that's when Hassan Whiteside and Joe Ingles come in for Rudy Gobert and Mike Conley to, 
in the very beginning part of the our first substitution, that one's not great. And, you know, that's largely not great because we don't defensive rebound out of that group at all. And so we're a defensive mess. Um, when Boyan and Joe Ingles are with Hassan Whiteside, we allow about 33% of the opponents to get offensive rebounds. I, 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 I think that there's an ignorance level to this conversation, frankly, on what happens if you change the rotations during a game. If you start to alter and you're saying he's too rigid, well, okay, so Donovan's hot and you run him out for 12 minutes, you've now screwed up every single player on your system and your rotation. Um, so I think it's one of those things that's really neat in a video game and really neat when you're sitting at home, but then the long-term impact of trying to play it out is not going to work. The other thing is I will tell you is I had a neat experience along the way in my career where I got to go to a coach, a team's coaches meetings um, where they were in the off season, where they were doing the rotations and you had to try to build the rotation. And it's incredibly difficult. It's incredibly difficult. Like to try to figure out, okay, well, you don't want these two guys to play together. You don't want this. You want We want Mike and Rudy together at all times. That's work. So now figure out how you're building our rotation. You know, and the minute you start to screw around with this, you suddenly don't have Mike and Rudy on the floor together. So for the momentary gain of one player doing something, you want to change something, then you end up, you know, Mike and Rudy on the floor together are plus 15.3 in the 98th percentile offensively and the 86th percentile defensively and overall are in the 98th percentile. Like, we want Mike and Rudy on the floor together. That's what we do. Um, Toronto, um, you know, Steve Kerr had an interesting comment when they were going to Toronto. And they just won a really good game in Boston. Um, and he said, we're playing with house money. We got, like, we got a free swing. Um, and, and I feel like we've got a free swing here now. Um, I, I really feel like, the Utah Jazz, this this is the irrelevant game of the road trip. This is the game of the road trip. We can go beat Indiana. You can go beat Detroit on the final day of the trip and come back four and one before a really tough one with Cleveland and then three days off. That's pretty awesome. Um, so, you know, I look back at what the Warriors did where they rested Steph and Draymond and Andrew Wiggins and a bunch of guys and – and, uh, and several other players, uh, Andre Gudala and Otto Porter and Jordan Poole, and didn't even send them to Toronto. Uh, also with the threat of what happens if you vote test positive. I, I would suggest that when the Jazz fly from Denver to Toronto, that if Rudy Gobert's not feeling well, he doesn't go. And if Donovan Mitchell's back is hurting him, he shouldn't go. And Mike Conley's needs a rest day, he shouldn't go. Like If, you're, if there's a chance you're not going to play, there's absolutely no reason to risk going to Toronto right now. So I don't know what they're going to do. Uh, the other one, thank you, Hayden uh, reminded me, was Daniel House. Um, I do like Daniel House. I, I feel as though the Jazz signed Daniel House for – they signed him for a 10-day hardship. Uh, I would suspect that this is more than a 10-day hardship. He's actually right up the model of what we need. He's 6'6", 220. So he was really, really good. And then in the bubble, he had a bad experience, and he ended up getting sent home from the bubble. And he just hasn't been the same since, frankly. Um, he then came back and in 2021, 22 wasn't as good. He started 52 games the bubble year. He, he wasn't quite as good. Now, James Harden wasn't on that team. He wasn't playing off Harden. And then 
Last, this year, he actually was just bad. Um, like, you know, I talked to somebody who literally said, like, he forgot how to play basketball. Um, but if you look back, he's young. So if you look back, he's in his career, kind of bounced around Washington things, and he, he finds his niche in Houston playing with Harden. And that niche was to take about 60% of your shots at threes, defend the wing, cover up for James being a bad defender, and be available to shoot threes and be able to be switchable and strong enough defensively to guard all switchable positions. That's a pretty good match for us. Um, so he signs a 10-day contract, and my guess is that that really has a real chance to be um, more. And frankly, it's a big upgrade on Mia Oni. Like, if this is actually just kind of a swap for Mia Oni, Dan Daniel House, Daniel House is a better player than Mia Oni. He's a 36% career three-point shooter. He's 6'6", 220. He's started 92 games in the NBA. He's had bigger moments and been around bigger things and had to adjust to – like, I like Mione personally as, like, a great deal. But I'm just being honest. Like, he, this guy's played 16 playoff games. He's played 500 playoff minutes. Um, he shot 37% in the Western Conference in, uh, playoff series against Oklahoma City in 2020 and in the bubble – and then uh, I think had to exit the bubble after that series against the Lakers. Um, you know, he did not play well in the playoffs against us in 2019 when they won that series. And he didn't play very well against the Warriors. So there is a level that maybe his skill level when he hits the playoffs against the elite level gets hit a little bit. Um, but as a piece of our rotation and option, it seems like a pretty good one. All right. Thank you very much for tuning in. Thanks for your questions. Thanks for the good conversation in the chat. Appreciate you all. We will be back with you tomorrow early, early show tomorrow. Have a good one. Talk to you soon. Now go listen to Locked On Now.